Welcome back to episode 28 of the Sean Light Podcast. Uh, if you've been listening, I've been giving you themes for, for a lot of these uh, previous numbers. I have no theme for 28. That's uh, not one of my favorite numbers. It's just a number. And as we continue to rise all the way through our 365 consecutive days of podcasting, I, I'm sure these numbers are going to get thinner and thinner that I have actual <laughs> actual thoughts about. So uh, with, without further ado, episode 28 shall commence now. Now, remember, the one big thing that we're always about here, and if you listen to last, the last episode, I said that it was, we used to say we're chasing excellence. But I can't really say that we're chasing excellence anymore because things are changing. Things are transforming a little bit in my mind, and I don't think, I don't think we are chasing excellence. I think what we're really trying to do is transform you into a leader so that we as a whole can have a greater impact on the world. I really like that. And now we got to condense that to make it a little more a little more jazzy and a little more catchy. I'm accepting all recommendations. Um, all right, so uh, check us out over at 4ahps.com, the number 4ahps.com, and learn what we can do, how we can help you uh, assist your journey into create, transforming your life and transforming you into a leader so that we all can have a greater impact as a whole. Today's episode, I wanted to make make sure that I shifted back into exercise science. And I was sat here and I thought about, all right, what kind of exercise science stuff could I talk about? What kind of things have been on my mind? And for whatever reason, belly breathing popped into my head. And belly breathing is something that I'm not going to say that I'm passionate about, but it is, it's interesting to me how how many people preach belly breathing. I've seen it at a lot of seminars. And I would I would be interested in hearing out somebody with a high-level opinion on belly breathing and why they believe that to be the case. But in this episode, I'm going to give you my take on why belly breathing isn't so great. My opinion is that belly breathing is sort of good. Like it sort of gets the job done. I certainly understand and sympathize and appreciate not using your accessory muscles up in your neck to really raise the rib cage up, right? If you take a big breath in and your rib cage and your shoulders rise up, we're we're definitely doing something wrong. And I will admit that belly breathing is better than that. Uh, we, it is, it is, <laughs> I don't want you, you, once your neck starts becoming involved, that's when problems start to shift from your, your hips, your pelvis and your rib cage and start shifting up into your cranium. And if once problems start shifting up into your cranium, now we're going to have real problems. This is no longer uh quick fix stuff. Let me write you a nice program. Let me give you some rehab exercises. This is uh, strap it in, lock it up. We're here for the long haul. If I have to start activating a left lateral pterygoid on you, if I have to start worrying about TMJ symptoms, if I start have to worrying about, if I have to start worrying about molar contact or visual periphery, okay, now we're starting to get, uh, or occiput. Uh, if I start worrying about the sphenoid position, we're going to start having real problems uh, in the system. So uh, you definitely want to be belly breathing over, over let's call it neck breathing. But this is why belly breathing isn't so great. Because when you inhale and you only expand your belly, you're missing out on the beauty, the power, and the functionality of the rib cage. When I inhale, I'm supposed to get 360-degree expansion 
in my rib cage. Okay, that's how the rib, ribs were designed as the pressure. Think about your lungs as empty sacs on the left and right side of your rib cage. As they fill with pressure and they fill with air, doesn't it make sense that the rib cage would expand along with that? Fair enough. When I inhale, I suck in that air and those lungs get inflated. The root's going to press out on, the, on that rib cage. But all 360 degrees should expand the front, should expand on the side, should expand on the back. All right, But if you only expand in the belly, what you're doing is you're redirecting that pressure of that inhalation and you're redirecting it down, okay? And now the belly's becoming big. It's pushing out, okay? And I understand, I, I understand the philosophy, at least I believe I understand the philosophy as to why people uh, are pushing for belly breathing. But what, what, what ends up happening is... And this is one of my themes, and this is something that you've heard from me several times in the past, is that the body remembers what you do. It predicts what you're going to need in the best in the next moment. So if you're always belly breathing and you're never expanding your ribs, over time, your ribs are going to become stiff. The intercostal muscles, the muscles around your ribs, the fascia, all those muscles are going to become stiff, and it's going to be really hard for you to expand your rib cage. All right? What that's going to be create when you get stiff ribs, stiff ribs is the is one step before things start navigating up into your neck. Okay. Think about this. Think about a runner. Okay. I'm sitting out here, I'm looking out my window right now, uh, and there's this there's this huge staircase right outside my window. Uh, people run now that we're in the coronavirus quarantine. It's like the fitness center of, of, of town. Everyone's over there. I see somebody jumping rope right now. We got a bunch of people running up the right side of the stairs. Uh, somebody's doing burpees. Somebody's doing uh, like body weight squats. Uh, and I will say that very few people run up the hill. They all run up the stairs. I think that's the easy way out. But hey, that's just me. Uh, so all these people, what's happening is that they're Demand, they're putting more of a demand for oxygen on their body during their exercises. Something that I'm assuming that you probably do as well. If you're listening to this podcast, I assume that you're pretty into exercise. So as you put more demands on your body for oxygen, your body is going to try to suck more in. Okay, And when you try to suck more in, if there's restrictions in your rib cage, it's going to realize that there's a restriction to the amount of airflow that you can actually get in, which is your body thinks that you're having trouble surviving. That's why you are uh, increasing your airflow inhalation and intake. So when, when you start needing more oxygen, you start, try, you start having that need for more O2, you start need, having need for more room for O2, and you don't have that room because your rib cage is stiff, guess what starts guess what kicks in your neck muscles your scalenes your scalenes are going to start yanking at your upper ribs trying to pull them open so that you can have more room for airflow because your ribs are so stiff that you're not getting as much as you need in. So it starts pulling you to become a neck breather, okay? And then what happens is that navigates up. The, it's, the scalenes can connect up in the cranium. We start having temporal problems. We start seeing TMJ symptoms. We start seeing migraines become, become a problem. We start seeing visual dysfunction. You can't imagine. You can't imagine the interconnectedness of your visual system and your neck musculature and your back musculature. I want you to take your take a second, uh, and I want you to take your thumbs, and I want you to put them 
I wanted you to really dig them into your suboccipital muscles. If you don't know what your suboccipital muscles are, it is on the back of your skull, okay? If your your skull's in the back and there's like that 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 crest, right? Where it's like the connection, uh, like a it's like a drop off, right? It's where it curls back into towards your neck, where your skull curls back in towards your neck, okay? And if you dig really deep in there, it's going to feel really nice. There's, those muscles are extremely tender, okay? But if you really dig in there, press into the base of your skull, right where the your the neck and your skull meet, okay, right on that drop off. I hope that I've done a nice job explaining where that is for those of you who don't know first where your suboccipital muscles are. If you don't, this is what I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you ten seconds. Take out your phone. If you don't know where the suboccipitals are, take out your phone. Safari or Chrome, Google Chrome, whatever you use, Google Images. Type in suboccipitals, S-U-B-O-C-C-I-P-I-T-A-L-S, suboccipitals. That's what they are, right there. Dig your thumb into them. Put some pressure on there. Really make it make yourself feel those. Try to feel the, the, the tautness of those muscles. Feel them. And I want you to close your eyes. Keep the pressure on those muscles. Close your eyes. If you're sitting, sitting is better. If you're in a quiet room, a quiet room is better. Close your eyes. And I want you to move your eyes left to right, left to right, left to right, up and down, up and down, up and down, left to right, left to right, up and down, up and down. And what you should be feeling is you should be feeling a very slight, a very faint twinging of your suboccipital muscles. Move your thumbs around if you can't quite feel them. All right, it's, it's it's subtle, okay, but it's there. And what's incredible about that is there's no actual direct physical connection between your visual system and your suboccipitals, but they're so innately connected. Everything that you do in your visual system is connected through almost all of your neck musculature, if not all. It is connected to your erector spinae, the muscles that travel down the, the sides of your spine. Okay, everything that you do from a visual system has a global response. Okay, so once you start creating stiff ribs from that belly breathing, think about the wide range of tension that you can create that'll travel up through your through your neck, up into your visual system, up through your suboccipitals, down through your spine. I'm not joking. This is real, and this is serious. This is how real problems are started in the world. This is how craniums get mal- malformed and dysfun- and very dysfunctional. That's why you can see a cranium that looks really expanded on the right, but it looks compressed on the left. This is real. And this comes from belly breathing. Okay? This comes from stiff ribs. Belly breathing. I won't say that it comes directly from belly breathing, but belly breathing is leading you down that path. So the next thing that I want to say is that when you have to belly breathe, what has to happen? What has to happen? I'm asking you this question. I want you to really think about this. What has to happen in order for your abdomen to accept that pressure? What has to happen? Think about it. I want you to really think about that. What has to happen for your abdomen to accept that pressure. Because what's going to happen is you're going to take that in. Your lungs are going to expand. There's going to be more pressure in, your, pressure in your rib cage. The diaphragm is going to descend. And it's going to take all of your internal organs that are below your diaphragm. 
and they're going to push him down. In order to properly distribute that those organs, what has to happen? If the rib cage is so stiff that there's not enough expansion, now there's going to be an over there's going to be an excess, a surplus of pressure in your abdomen that is going to have to find more room. And how is that more room going to be created? Your abs, your obliques, your rectus abdominis are going to have to give way in order to allow for more expansion, for more room, okay? And for all you exercise nuts, you don't want your abs to give way. That's your core. You spend so much time. I don't care who you are. If you go to the gym, you do abs, and you're ruining it by belly breathing because you are, you're stiffening your ribs and you're creating a need for more expansion in your pelvis. Think about for the for the people who are more advanced and you're thinking about thoracic and pelvic diaphragms, think you have to understand that they're trying to pump simultaneously and pump uh, cohesively. Okay, but once you once you expand your belly, the rib cage flares, the pelvis anteriorly tilts, you lose that position, you lose that piston mechanism. Now you lose your power, now you lose your your explosiveness, your athleticism, your ability to recover. All of that stuff is gone because you're preaching belly breathing. What you really want to accomplish is eccentric abdominal contraction. What you're looking for is that your abs stay tight. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to inhale through your nose. And I want you to exhale completely through your mouth. I want you to get as much air as you can possibly get out of your mouth and hold it for a sec. Get all that air out and feel your abs super engaged. Once your abs are super engaged, I want you to keep them engaged, and I want you to take a a nice, calm, easy breath in. And what you're going to feel is your abs are going to stay rock solid, but they're going to expand. That's an eccentric eccentric abdominal contraction. Your muscles remain engaged, but they still give way and allow you to do some stuff while still anchoring your ribs, still anchoring uh, your pelvis, making sure that your core remains intact. Now what's going to happen is it's going to distribute that airflow back up to the rib cage. And now you're going to create internal pressure inside of the rib cage to force your rib cage to start expanding again. It's going to be tough at first. It's going to feel stiff. It's feeling like you're not going to get a lot of air in. But that's the repositioning stuff that you need. You need to close off the abs in order to press that out. So the real goal, what? so in conclusion, belly breathing is only partly true. Belly breathing can lead to tremendous neck, visual system, anything above the neck, anything above the shoulders. It can, it can, it can lead to serious, really, guys, serious dysfunction up there, okay? And then what, you, what can happen is it's going to eliminate your ability to be an explosive, athletic, recovered person, okay? You might need more sleep. You might need more calories. You might be tired. You might be more drained throughout the day. Because you belly breathe. What you're looking for is an eccentric abdominal contraction. Remember, how often can you do that? How often can you turn your abs on and breathe? That's what I do with a lot of the stuff I do in the gym. I just put athletes in isometric positions where they just hold an ab exercise, a crunch at the top, an anti-rotation press, a, a 
a chop, a lift, a side plank, and just breathe because I know your abs are on, and I know that when I, you breathe, you're going to be breathing for the 30 seconds to 60 seconds that you're going to be doing that exercise. I know that the longer you're there, the more breaths you're going to take, and that air is just redistributing. You don't even have to think about it. It's just happening. In conclusion, belly breathing, not great. This episode, however, was tremendous. Uh, so thanks for listening. This was episode 28 of the Sean Light Podcast. We'll be back every morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, every single day. Remember, 365 straight days. We're about consistent action over time. And just as I'm producing this consistent action over time, you can produce consistent action to create success in your life by listening every single day. We're quick hitters. I don't even think we've hit 30 minutes yet on a podcast. Uh, and... Look, consistency is the name of the game. Consistent action over time. I'm working. I'm leading from the front here, trying to show you the way, show, trying to show you in real time how we're making things happen. With that being said, head on over to 4ahps.com. Learn how we can really expedite your growth, help you become, help you transform into that leader, so we can all make a really nice impact on this earth by the time that we, uh, by the time that our time ends up. So. With that, episode 28 in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you back here tomorrow, bright and early, 6 o'clock in the morning. Have a wonderful day.